guys. Welcome back. Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. Get pumped. I'm Bryn. And I'm Kelsey. And we're excited because we have something that we've only done once coming for you later today. Really? It's only been once? I think so. Yeah, you're right. I guess yeah. once. We'll tell you later. Yeah. But now we're going to get into the coffee. Actually, wait. I have a story to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I have to. I was going to I was gonna stop you because I'm like, wait, you just mentioned you had something to tell and I need to know. So Carson and I, this past weekend, which by the time you hear it, it'll be a couple weeks out, we stayed at this hotel called the Hasbrook House, and it's in Stone Ridge, New York. It was very cute. It was basically, like, this old mansion-type building Mm -hmm. that these people, like, completely gutted and redid the entire thing, and now it has, like, 17 rooms. It was very quaint and cute and small. I have a question before you get into it. Yeah. Is there something with the downstairs room where you were playing the games? Yeah. Okay, I have a feeling. I'll post pictures because, like, the pool table area. Yeah. So. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, God. So, we're walking around, like, as soon as we get there, like I said, it's really small. Like, the front desk was literally this tiny little room. You have to go through the hallways, like, upstairs to get to the other part of the hotel. Uh Uh-huh. And then it's, like, a restaurant, a fireplace, and then you go downstairs, and it's, like this stone room with like a pool table they had like a really old nintendo game set it was really cute darts and like a bunch of cool stuff so we're walking around when we get there like just looking at everything and yeah we go down to the basement and i'm like what the fuck is this place like i immediately got like almost like a little creeped out like something's there Yeah. yeah and carson's like the second we walked in here i knew it was haunted he's like literally the second we walked in here and i was like like bad haunted Because he's got the cue. And he's like, no. I mean, like, obviously, it's an old building. Like, and we were in the basement when he was saying this. Mm -hmm. He's like, obviously, it's like an old building. Like, there's going to be shit. There's going to be energy. So, nothing, like, crazy, you know, happened. But he said all this stuff, and I guess it was just, like, in the back of my mind. And the first night we were there, we fell asleep super early, like, at, like, 10.30 or 11. Yeah. Because we were just so tired from the day. And... I, you know how, like, when you wake up and you know somebody's, like, there? Yeah. So, I immediately, like, literally was dead sleep, opened my eyes, and my eyes were just, like, open. And I was, like, looking ahead of me, and I was, like, I know somebody's in here right now. Like, I was in a dead sleep, and then all of a sudden I was just awake. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I was, like, I feel out. like you've definitely opened up more, though. Yeah. Like, you pick up on Things stuff more. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I'm more open to it. But I, like, got freaked out. I looked at the clock, and it was, like, 12 o'clock on the dot. It was midnight. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? And then I got creeped out because, like, obviously there's, like, a radiator in there. Like, it's going to click. There's going to be noises. So Mm -hmm. I was up from midnight until 2.30 in the morning just, like, hearing... Oh, it's your ring reflection. I thought (gasps) I was seeing another orb behind you. (laughs) Stop! (laughs) I wasn't purposely trying to freak you out. (laughs) It's okay. I was just, like seeing and hearing like creepy things and like at like, night what? obviously it's going to be creepy like details I details i would hear details. like almost like tapping on the walls and then i'm like i logically was like oh it's the pipes like it's the pipes in the room and then i would like the hallways were lit up and i would see like footsteps walking by the hallway but like not hearing the footsteps just like seeing the shadow and the ba- the way i was like laying on the bed it was, like, a day bed, so you would, like, lay sideways on it, and I would be facing the bathroom. Uh-huh. And for some reason, like, it was the darkest part of the room. I just felt like something was bad in there, and, like, the mirror in there was really creepy. 
And, I don't know, it freaked me out. Can we and do a crime cults and coffee sleepover with me, you, and Laura? Yeah. <laughs> at this hotel. Because, honestly, there had to have been so much history behind it. There's, like, old pictures. The town that it's in is a historic town. Oh, my God. Yeah. I need to see this place in person. It I was knew you were going to say something. Like, when you posted the pictures of the basement, of the basement instantly mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Yeah, and Carson even was like, the second we walked in here, I felt, like, energy. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was really cool, but then I kept, like, waking up every five minutes, and then I (laughs) I kept waking Carson up, and I was like, I got, I'm scared. (laughs) He's like, go back to bed. So eventually I put on SNL for, like, a while at night, and I fell asleep. Always need something funny when you're scared. (laughs) Yeah, and then I kept waking up, waking up, and then eventually I woke up, and it was the morning, so. Oh, my God. But yeah, it was, it was really creepy. Did you get any feelings of who or what it might have been? Um... Not really. I felt like the footsteps may have been, like, a man, but mm-hmm. I didn't, like, get any, like, visual like, Anything with things. the one at night? 12 o'clock? No. I just, I felt like, I, like, woke up in, like, a panic, like, thinking that there was somebody there. Oh, my God. And, like, I'm not kidding you. My eyes were dead asleep. Like, I was dreaming. And then I wake <laughs> up, and my eyes are just, like, wide open, like, a light switch. Oh I was God. like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on right now? Oh, my God. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't get any, like, feeling of what or who. I didn't really want to think about it, I think. I yeah. was freaked out. So I, like, just turned it off. <laughs> I was Ooh, like, I want to go. Yeah. I if go. I was with you, I'd be fine. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so tell Bryn I'm what you're feeling. comfort blanket. <laughs> like, Ashley, when yeah. she was like... I just rolled closer to you. And, like, I know you'd stay awake with me. Carson was, like, pass the fuck out, and he's, like, go back to bed. I'm, like, no. No, we totally have to go. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm getting one thing right now, and obviously I'm not trying to, like, dive too deep into it because we're recording a podcast right now. Yeah. But I'm getting one thing with the 12 o'clock thing, which is why I was asking you, Mm -hmm. like, my chest. Yeah. Like, I have pain in my chest right now. Really? Yeah. I wonder why. So, that's. I weird. think it's connected to. And oh my god! What now that you say that I remember? What? As my eyes like lit up, you know how like when your heart is like dead, like it's not dead, but like <laughs> yeah. you're like you know breathing normally, your heart you don't even feel your heart beating. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I started. My heart was fucking thumping, thumping and I could hear it in my ears, and I was like freaking out. I was Holy like, what is fuck. happening? You were in flight or flight response. I was. I was. Oh my god. Flight the fuck out of Flight the <laughs> What is it? There is fight, flight, fawn, fawn. or there's one more. Uh, I just came to learn fight, about fawn flight, more. fawn, and... I feel like I have a lot of fawn in me. Flea? I don't know. There's another F. Yeah. I forget what it is. You I have, have a lot, lot of fawn I think in I, dangerous situations. I think I would in... Um, certain situations, yeah. yeah. But I mostly fucking fight <laughs> in situations that I shouldn't be. I, like, jump in the mix and, like, I think give people CPR. And <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Yes. Today's coffee. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so we have actually reviewed this coffee place a very, 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 very long time ago. They sent us coffee a very long time ago. Yeah, like a really long time ago. This one is gifted. Yeah. This one was gifted. It's from Gypsy Souls Coffee House. So 
we like I said, we did this one a really long time ago. It's not the same blend, but today we're doing we're reviewing the Costa Rican blend. Mm. Yes. And Teresa, shout out Trey. Thank you so much. Sent it to mom and was also like, hey, have the girls review this on the podcast. And we were like, now that you mention it, <laughs> yeah. we love this place. Yeah. But yeah, they are based out of St. Petersburg, Florida. They're ma- they actually have two locations. One's in Reddington and the other one's in St. Pete, but the main one's St. Pete. Yeah, that's where they like roast their coffee and everything. If you haven't gone to St. Pete, fucking go. <gasps> it's like literally one of our favorite places. Incredible. Yeah. Their Instagram for their St. Pete location is gypsysouls.stpete, and St. is S-T, not spelled out. And then their Reddington one is gypsysouls.reddington. And their website is gypsysoulscoffeehouse.com. So check them out. They have their story on there. They have a cute little picture of what it looks like from their shop, which is literally dreamy. It's like right on the water. So cute. It's beautiful. Um, And their uh, food on their Instagram page looks fucking incredible. And this is coming from a person who is full, ate dinner, had dessert. (laughs) (laughs) It looks good. Literally just scarfed down a scone. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks for the cherry almond scones, Mom. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this one is the Costa Rican blend. What do you think? So, let me take another sip real quick. I really like this one. I like that... um, I feel like it's very smooth, a very smooth coffee. And honestly... It kind of tastes similar, I think, to our uh, morning brew. Agreed. It's probably the Costa Rica. It is. Yeah, the beans. It definitely is. It tastes pretty similar to our blend at Chorus Coffee. I would also agree, and for that reason, part of me doesn't want to rate this because I don't want to. I know. (laughs) We didn't give a rating for our own coffee. I know. Um, I think compared to our coffee, it's a tad bit sweeter in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the creamer where I'm tasting that or not, but it's a tad bit... I don't know how to explain it. Well, there's not like a zing. Yeah, ours has a little bit of a like pop to it. Yeah, at the And end. this one's kind of more straight yeah. and a little sweeter. Yeah. But very, very similar. Yeah, I, I do really like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard to rate it because it does taste so much like our blend yeah should we do it or not (laughs) nah okay let's let's save the suspense for the people because i don't i don't want anyone to think we're comparing it to our coffee yeah or think we're rating our coffee a certain number yeah i think we were just drawn naturally to like the costa rican beans which i didn't even know yeah until obviously we did the tasting but um i think that's why i like this one so much yeah so Awesome job, Gypsy Souls. We love you. Yes, thank you so much, Teresa, for sending us some coffee. Yeah. And shall we get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So So grab grab your coffee coffee and and have a morning with us. So surprise, we are doing Urban Legends for today's episode. We haven't done it in so long. I know, and we've literally done it once. I know. That's crazy. I guess I'm mixing, like, haunted, haunted places. places in with it. But I feel like they're very similar they can be, in yeah. certain ways. Like, yeah. depending on the place, people think legends come along with it. Yeah. So it's, like, tied in there, but this is not specifically a haunting. Yeah. So, my first one is a little bit on the shorter side, okay. and it's not too cray-cray. 
Yeah. My second, I'm saving my my crazy one for last. (laughs) Yeah, this one's more so just like, yeah, like a let, something that happened and then legend was built upon it. Mm -hmm. All right. So first I'm going to be talking about the devil's footprints or the Devon Devil. Ooh. A little bit of background. This occurred around February 8th or 9th. It might even be February 8th into the 9th. Okay. 1855, around the ex-estuary in East and South Devon, England. Okay. A later article in 1890 states that, quote, footprints also appeared further afield as far south as Totnes and Torquay, and that there were other reports of the prints as far away as Weymouth, Dorset, and even Lincolnshire. And that was a quote from Wiki. So that's just a um, a summary of how far these footprints, which I will talk about, went. Okay. So it was throughout all these different places in England. Yeah. A couple reports that this happened in Dorset as well. And also happened one or two nights later, besides the 8th and the 9th. Okay. So, getting into what actually happened. There was heavy snowfall, and here's a quote from Wiki. Quote, Trails of hoof-like marks appeared overnight in the snow, covering a total distance of some 40 to 100 miles. What? Which is also 60 to 160 kilometers. So, like, no animal could walk that. In a night. In a night, yeah. In a fucking night. That's insane. And it went, as I mentioned earlier, to all these different places that were spread apart in England. Yeah. So, footprints were about 4 inches or 10 centimeters long, 3 inches or 7.6 centimeters across, and between 8 to 16 inches or 20 to 41 centimeters apart. Weird. Yeah. They were in a single file. Ew. Like, just one home in front of the other? Yes. (laughs) Ew. Not only this, but here's where it gets even weirder. These footprints walked straight over houses, haystacks, rivers, etc. What the fuck? Like, nonstop. Just straight up and over, and then kept going. I'm picturing the weirdest creature. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, ever. Are you just picturing like, Mothman? <laughs> walking with, like, two legs. No, it's tiny. Oh, okay. Um, it also went up on high walls. Like, they found footprints on top of really high walls. So, it walked, what? like, up, across, down, Ew, and over the like wall. parallel? Yeah. yeah. It walked up to and exited drain pipes. Some of these drain pipes were as small as 4 inches or 10 centimeters in diameter. So they were like, how are the footprints the size that I mentioned? But they were able to walk straight through this this drain pipe and come straight back out and then just continue walking. That's fucking weird. Isn't that strange? I'm trying to picture in my head what could be this small. (laughs) (laughs) So there was not much evidence regarding this but I'm gonna say a quote from wiki um of the evidence that they did have backing up this actually happening okay because this again was in um 1855 so to have proof that this actually happened from back then this is pretty much all they had okay quote 
a collection of papers belonging to Reverend H.T. Ellicombe, the vicar of Clist St. George during the 1850s. These papers included letters addressed to the vicar from his friends, among them the Reverend G.M. Musgrove, the vicar of Withycombe Raleigh, the draft of a letter to the Illustrated London News marketed not for publication, and several apparent tracings of the footprints. What? So that's all they had as, like, proof. It's, yeah, detail yeah. of, like, what happened. Yeah. Researcher Mike Dash has all evidence and source materials compiled into a 1994 paper called The Devil's Hoofmarks, Source Material on the Great Devon Mystery of 1855. So anyone who wants to check out, like, any resources possible mm-hmm. to back up this information can take a look at that paper. Okay. Moving on to some theories of what this could have been. I feel like it was literally just, like, the devil, but there was no actual... Like, it was, like, like a ghost devil. And that's why it was able to walk just through Just walk everything. straight and up and through. Yeah. Could be. I mean, it's really fucking weird. I know. If this actually happened. Or, like, I'm also picturing a miniature, like, boar. With the <laughs> just like walking, walking through pipe file. drains and up houses oh, know, and across roofs, and <laughs> like it's just weird how it. If this did happen, walked a hundred forty to hundred miles in a night, yeah. and not only that, but just continued walking straight up and over things. Yeah, that's just weird. It's really weird. Yeah, like could float or yeah. just like have no gravity and just walk. Yeah, I don't get it. So, here are some theories. Um, First of all, it was named the Devil's Footprints because of one theory stemming from religious groups. They were, this is what they believed, they believed they were the tracks of Satan and were compared to a cloven hoof. Oh. So, the shape of the hoof, I'll post pictures of it, is like how Satan's hooves are depicted in Mm. illustrations and stuff. Okay. Some, there were some hoaxes, or this is a theory, that some of the, because I'll get into it a little bit later, that this has happened again since. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people believed in the first place this could have been a hoax, or after the fact when more and more things happened that it was a hoax. Mm -hmm. For example, like, similar to a man-made crop circle situation where people randomly will do crop circles and be like, oh, aliens landed on my property, and, mm-hmm. and then like it's proven to be fake. because there's something that you can replicate. Yeah. Another theory was that it was made by donkeys or ponies, but I don't really see a donkey or a pony scaling a house, walking across a roof. Single like, file line, Yeah, too. like tap dancing on top of a wall. <laughs> like, imagine, like, donkey from Shrek. Yeah, and walking that far in one night? No. I, they I, can't walk that way either, single file. No. Then there's the balloon theory. This is a quote from Wiki. A quote-unquote experimental balloon released by mistake from Devonport Dockyard had left the mysterious tracks by trailing two shackles on the end of its mooring ropes. So that's the theory. A local man named Major Carter was a source to this theory And this theory was presented by author Jeffrey Household. So that's where it came from. Okay. An argument to this theory that most people have said to, like, kind of rule it out was, like, how would it have traveled that far without ropes getting caught somewhere? And what is this balloon for? 
they believed it was, like, a balloon that kind of, like, crash landed. I don't know if it was, like, a weather balloon or a government thing, thing, but that's what they're... And they're saying it was, like, hush-hush and covered up because it it crashed into things and uh, ruined farmland and all that. I don't know. But I think that, yeah, for it to travel 40 to 100 miles and not get caught in anything with dangling ropes and, like... And how would it, like, be precisely 20 inches apart from... Yeah, and in a straight line and, yeah, not get caught on the house or anything. It just is... It doesn't... Like, people are like, no, that's not. Yeah. The next theory is that it was hopping mice. (laughs) (laughs) What? This theory has been around as long as March 1855 in the Illustrated London News. Researcher Mike Dash said another theory could be the hopping rodents like wood mice. So that's where this came from. He was like, but for forty miles, just yeah, a bunch and of mice like continually hopping. Well, the print from when they're hopping, like from their leap, looks like a cloven animal because mm. of just the way that it's like moved. moved. Yeah, but yeah, like in a perfectly straight line going up and over and through for that long. I feel like that like, one's the only one that makes kind of a little bit of sense. But do they even travel that far? Would a fucking mouse travel that far in a night? <laughs> a little paws get frostbitten. It's just like running and running and running non-stop. <laughs> and it's like, Aww. I'm gonna make humans believe Satan was here. Right. Which is <laughs> really weird. Um, another theory was the kangaroo theory. No. Who put this out there? <laughs> There were rumors that kangaroo gets better. There were rumors that kangaroos escaped from a quote unquote private menagerie. What? <laughs> Who was hiding these kangaroos in England? I don't know. Many think it would be impossible as they wouldn't have been able to cross the ex estuary, which. Yeah. Yeah. And how the fuck did they hop in single file? And like for that long, just like. <laughs> Continually. <laughs> so, a re- the reverend that I mentioned earlier named G.M. Musgrave um, allegedly admitted to making the story up to okay. keep his parishioners from worrying about the devil. Okay. All right. <laughs> Which, I can believe that. At least he admitted. <laughs> He's like, all right, I admitted I. bullshit. <laughs> the amazing theory about the private menagerie of kangaroos. I that was me. <laughs> Don't believe it. If you have, don't He's like, aren't I a little jokester? I thought it'd be good for my Sunday sermon. Stop it. <laughs> That's hysterical. Um, another theory is badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Do you know that? No. From E-Bombs World I'm back lost. in the day? Okay. All right. For anyone who got it, you got it. <laughs> no, another, the- it. another theory was badgers. Hmm. I'm not seeing it. So, don't Jul- they have four legs? I really don't know that much about badgers. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking. I'm not sure what it looks like. I'm thinking they're a lot like. I think they're like beavers. Beavers? Right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Are we right? Hold on. We're looking it up to fact check ourselves as we speak. Oh, God. What are their feet like? Are they cloven little hooves? Oh, God. They're weird. Wait, let me see. What do their feet look like, though? Put no, type like in badger paws. feet. They're yeah, like they're paws. paws. They have little claws. They don't have. They hooves. look like um, 
look like um possum paws well it's funny who this idea came from because he should know about animals (laughs) yeah really ready July 1855, biologist and paleontologist (laughs) Richard Owen said he thought it could be from a badger. No, Richard. They look like bear claws. Look. They're like bear claws. No, that's not a hoof. No. I don't understand how a biologist and paleontologist wouldn't know that. I don't either. Maybe he was just grasping at straws. (laughs) He's just like... Rich. Yeah. You're wrong. All right. Um, He said... This is a quote from Wiki... Quote, the only plantigrade that we have in this island, and it, quote, leaves a footprint larger than would be supposed from its size, Hmm. is a badger. I don't know about that, Richard. I feel like you can come up with something better. And I feel like there's definitely more animals on the island with four feet and And hooves hooves that eat plants than a badger. But they didn't that's find just any us. like poop or anything. It didn't. It didn't go to the bathroom. No, while I was walking. Not for a hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, his other like another part of his theory was that it would be from multiple badgers, not just one, because like, like a, they travel in packs. And he oh. was like, well, he was like, if it was going out looking for food, it wouldn't just be one of them. So it's multiple badgers, and that's why it was yeah. able to travel that many miles. But it's like what one was like walking like ten miles race. and being like your turn. Yeah. <laughs> Here, take the they take the thing. Pass the torch. <laughs> it was a relay race of badgers. Yeah. Weird. So people were skeptical of the distance of the footprints in such a short amount of time. Clearly, they were mm-hmm. like, "How the fuck? No matter what it was, could anything travel that far in a night? It yeah. just doesn't make sense." Yeah, no. Eyewitness statements from people were also different, so this is why, like, this has been considered an urban legend, because it's like, first of all, how could this happen? Second of all, everyone's statements were so varying and different Mm -hmm. that, like, what was real or what was made up. Right. There have also been reports of similar footprints all around the world, some before this happened and some since. Ew. The most recent that I could find was in 2013. Where? It was reported in Girvan, Scotland, but they think it could have been a possible April Fool's hoax. <laughs> like re- replicating. Someone's the like, film. I have a really good idea. It's literally and Winston it from news. New Girl. Oh my god, he's he like, way too far. Oh my god, I have the best <laughs> April Fool's joke ever. Anyone ever hear of the devil's footprints? <laughs> it scares the shit out of, like, the town. And yeah. then it goes way too far. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just, it. like, leaves a feather on a rock and he's like, yeah. hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the end of that. Like I said, it wasn't, like, that's crazy. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't, like, too scary or anything. But it was just weird. Yeah, and like, it what, like, how do you explain it? I think yeah. that's the part that's weird. Like, was it a hoax all along? Was it just... Completely made up folklore. Right. Did it even happen? Right. But yeah. Crazy. That was a good one. I've never heard of that one. Me either. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go with my longer one because I don't think it, I'm going to get to my shorter one today because this one's just a bit longer. But this one is the legend. You, you could say it's a legend, I guess. I'll talk about why. Called The Watcher. 
Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god. Wait, Kelsey told me where this was based out of, and I had no idea what she could have been talking about. I've heard of The Watcher, but I don't know why. Wait. Yes, I do. Why? Hold on. Oh my god. I've heard this, I think, on... It might have been True Crime Garage. I've Did heard they talk this. about it? <sighs> it's recent. Like 2000. Does it have to do with letters? Yes. Uh, yes, I know this! I forgot about this! It's oh my so God. fucking creepy. I don't, I don't think I know all the ins and outs of it, but this is so disturbing. Yeah. Okay, okay. go, go. So, the location of this story and legend is in a house, and the address is 657 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey. Okay. Uh. The house was built in 1905, and the street that this was on, the boulevard, it was one of the most, like, preste- prestigious streets in the town. Like, it was a very rich neighborhood, mm-hmm. and this house was, like, the biggest and nicest, like, on the on the street. So, a little bit of background. In the summer of 2015, some articles say 2014, so it may have just been at the end, Mm -hmm. a family moved into this $1.3 million home, and this was basically, like, their dream home. Like, they had waited forever to get to this home. It was six bedrooms. The family decided to do renovations before they moved into the house, so they weren't actually, like, moved in yet, but Mm -hmm. they bought the home at this point. The new owners were named Derek Broadus and Maria Broadus. So, like I said, this was their dream home. Maria grew up just a few blocks away from this house and, like, always knew of it. She loved it. Derek grew up in Maine and was able to move up in positions in his job pretty quickly, and it was in an insurance company in Manhattan. So this is how they were able to afford the home. He became senior vice president They bought the house just after Derek's 40th birthday. So it kind of gives you an idea of how old they are as a couple. Mm -hmm. And the children were debating on, you know, which fireplace in the house that Santa would come through. Like, they were all very excited. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. Yeah, they had three children. So I'm going to get into the legend slash occurrences because these things really did happen. But it's a legend for another reason we'll talk about later. So, Derek decided to check the mail one morning. He was, like, at the house for, like, renovation for something, and he checked the mail. He found a letter in the mailbox written to, quote, the new owner. Inside the letter, it said, quote, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Ew. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched this house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 60s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of this house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I'd I will knock- find out. I'd be knocking down those fucking walls. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine getting this letter and I'm not laughing? Because I would be fucking terrified, but I'm just nervous. I I would sledgehammer the walls and then sell the house. Like, this was their dream home. They were so excited and then they get this letter in the mail. But also, like, is that for real? Right, like, or is were, somebody like... Yeah, like, were... 
these people actually watching this house for generations for some reason? Or was this man fucking delusional? And, like, made it up for them. Or is it, like... A joke to fuck with someone. I think it's past a joke at the, like, oh my god, it gets so crazy. Oh god, oh god, okay, keep going. So, the family started receiving letters by someone known as, quote, the Watcher. The Watcher said his purpose was to watch over the home, like I'd mentioned. The author of these letters began to identify specifics of the home and the new owners. He mentioned the family's Honda minivan in the front yard, in the front driveway. He should have been called the stalker. I know. He mentioned the workers renovating the home, quote, I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house and and what it's supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Talking like the house is like an entity of its own. Yeah. Like a human. Yes. I thought entity when I read that. Prior to the letters, the family went around the neighborhood to talk to new neighbors, kind of, like, get to know everybody, and their three children, aged 5, 8, and 10, ran around and, like, played with the neighbors as well. kids. Yeah. This is another quote from the, um, the Watcher. Quote, you have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I've counted. More on the way, question mark? Ew. So, like... Ew. Yeah. They know, like, fucking specific things. And I mentioned the Watcher as a he in this. I don't know what it is, but I just labeled it as a he. I wonder if it was someone who, like, wanted to buy the house and they outbid him. That was one of the theories. Really? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? That is so sickening. Yeah. But it's, like, some of it doesn't match up with that. Okay. So this is another quote. Do you need to fill the house with young blood that I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me to your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Oh no, I'd be out of there. Out. Fucking out. And remember, they have already started, like, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of renovations in this house, so, like, they can't just, like, I mean, they can walk away, but they can't. I'm sorry, when it comes to the cost of a man possibly taking your fucking oh, yeah. children, no, it that gets is to terrifying. That it gets to that. There was no return, return address to these letters. This is another letter. Quote, who am I? The person wrote, there are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of many of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I'm one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. And this was signed in a cursive font typed the watcher. I don't like how he keeps saying 657 Boulevard. 657 Boulevard. Like, it's a fucking entity. Yeah. Wait, so what year was this again? 2014, 2015? Mm-hmm. Why didn't these people set up, like, a deer cam? And They did. Oh, Jesus. How the fuck didn't they see who was putting the letter in their mailbox? I don't fucking know, but... Or did he see them set it up? Because he's literally watching 24 fucking 7. Yeah. Like, it's just so... Like, I would be so fucking paranoid to be near this house. Ew, I don't like that. Ew, I don't like it at all. Like, imagine somebody just watching you. Derek was home alone when he received these, and his family was all still living in their previous home at the time, so, like, when he started getting these letters, like, it was not them living there yet, so it was just, like, 
him noticing things while they were, like, there. Visiting Mm. the house. Checking up on things. Never move in. So, Derek called the police and reported these letters, of course. The previous owners were named Andrea and John Woods. Derek and Maria contacted the prior owners and asked about these letters and asked why he or she had written, quote, I asked the Woods to bring me young blood and it looks like they listened. Wait, what? That's what the watcher wrote to them. I asked the Woods to bring me young blood and they it looks like they listened. He wrote that to them or the previous family? To the new family. Why? So what does that they mean? reached out to Andrea and John Wood saying, like, why did he say this? What does that mean? Yeah. Andrea Wood, Woods answered the next day and said that before they moved out, they received a letter from the watcher, which talked about the history of the house being watched by the watcher's family, like that whole scenario that they played out about how it was his grandfather's and now his father's and now it's his turn. Um, but she and her husband had not received anything prior to that letter, so they really didn't think anything of it and just threw it away and, like, didn't disclose it in the closing of the house because, like, it was never, like, a threatening thing to them. Please tell me they looked back into the history of, like, everyone who's owned this house and if anyone lost it unwillingly, they do. Yeah. Because something, it has to be something like that. (laughs) It's, like, fucking insane. Yeah. I can't believe... I mean, I've heard this before, like, not in super... I don't think in super detail, because Mm -hmm. you're saying some things that I've never heard. Yeah. But it's it's blowing my mind that this actually happened. Yeah. And it gets crazier and worse for them. I feel so horrible for what they went through. Um, so... The police, when they went to the police, they told Derek and Maria not to tell anybody, like, in the neighborhood that they were getting these letters, like, so it didn't kind of let on that they were, like, worried about it or, like, if somebody in the neighborhood was the watcher. Mm -hmm. So Derek was giving a tour of the renovations to a couple on the block, and at one point the wife said, quote, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood again. So, like, Ew. that freaked him out, and he was like, oh, my God, it's her. But they looked into it, and it was... How do you look into it, though? Do you see what stationery they're using? Like, how do you look into it? Right, like... You ask them, are you the person right. sending the letter? Did, was it you? Yeah. Because who uses the term young blood? I know. Because, like, this was a very old at this point, like, neighborhood, and people had lived there for a very long time, like, upwards of, like, 25 years. Yeah, but wouldn't you be like, oh, it's nice to have some new neighbors. Young kids, yeah. Yeah, or, like, nice to have, like, a young couple in the neighborhood who's has young blood. Yeah. It's weird. Weeks later, Maria stopped by to look at paint samples, and, of course, she checked the mail to find another letter. Quote, The workers have been so busy, and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found it in the walls yet? In time, they will. <laughs> I'm so freaked out. This is letter... Is a construction worker? Like, who is this? I know. They interviewed everybody. This letter was addressed this time directly to Derek and Maria. So, like, now he he's getting, like, name. more personal. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? This letter then came shortly after. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. 
It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of this house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or will they be too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is away from. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you sleep in the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I'm the Watcher, and I've been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families into 50, 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. And have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking throw up. First I of am all, so uncomfortable. First of all, he knows the layout of the house. Knows exactly what's in every Each part room. of the house. Yeah. Second of all, how do, like, I don't, this is what's not making sense to me. He only sent one letter to the previous family. Why is he sending so many to this family? And why is he saying that he sent more to the yeah. previous family? Is he, Unless like, they're, unraveling? they're, like, lying about it because they're freaked out, too. Yeah. Or is he, like, unraveling more? Right. And, like, the f- previous families, he said he's been watching for two decades. Did they check in with all those families to see if all of them received letters as well? I don't know if they went past back families. I mean, I'm sure they did. The extent of, like, research they did into this was unreal. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, like, how do you... If that is true that it was passed down generation to generation, how are you, like, now you take over watching yeah. 657 Yeah, now it's your obsession. Yeah. Like, how is that, like, okay for anybody? Is it a realtor? Right. Who is it? <laughs> Is it the is guy it, that cuts the grass? Yeah. Is it a construction worker? Is it someone who has works for the there. town and has layouts of Plans. the house? Yeah. Is it, was it the architect? Right. Who the fuck is it? I don't know, but they're making it seem like the house is evil. And it's freaking me out. I don't like how they refer to it. Like, it's a name. Yeah. The police traced where the letters were being sent from and realized that it was they were being like processed from a post office in Kearney, New Jersey. So the first letter was postmarked. This board freaks me out. The first letter was postmarked June fourth, before the sale of the house was even made public. And okay, the Woods never put up a for sale sign in their front yard. Wait. That was when the first, like, the, hey, welcome, I'm the watcher, blah, 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 new neighbors. That was postmarked okay. before the it's sale someone of the house. On, it's someone on the inside. It so has to be. it has to be either a friend they told before they even put the house up for a sale, neighbor. a neighbor, a realtor that they got in contact with before it was even put up for sale, or someone like who works for the town who would have Access. public information like that before. It's made public. Right, like, it narrows it down so much. What the fuck? 
Yeah. Oh my god, sorry if I'm screaming and this is really loud for you guys. I'm like... It's weird <gasps> as shit. Okay. So, months later, the letters kept coming. So, the, the neighbor situation. Obviously, we're thinking it's the neighbor's. There was a neighbor across from the, or I'm sorry, right next to them, um, called the Langfords, and they were sus- suspects for a while because they kind of matched the description of the timing, so the father would have been alive at this certain time and then passed it on to his son because it was like the way of their did they lineage. Live, did they live in that house for generations that they lived yeah, in? Yeah, the one next to them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they one of the letters mentioned how there was an easel like, in one of the windows facing a certain area of the house. I didn't put that letter in here, but um, the only visible way to see that is from the back of the house or from their house, like, the neighbor of the Langfords. So they were like, it has to be them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or the house has to be fucking bugged. Yeah. That's another thought. I know. Because then you I would hear people's too. conversations like, oh, honey, maybe we should sell the house. I thought that, too. Ew. Maria and Derek became really depressed and were extremely anxious during all this because they're trying to keep their family safe. Of course they were. They decided to sell the house after private investigators, FBI, and police couldn't determine who the watcher was. There was no paper trail. There were no fingerprints on anything. Like, nobody could fucking figure out who this person was. How is this person this good at evading? I don't know. Unless they really had done it for that long and had, like, practice and... Right. Inform- like, passed down generation to generation, this is how you do it so you don't get caught. Right. I don't know. So, Ew. no one would buy the home by this time because it had gotten media attention and there were rumors now about the watcher. So they tried selling it as a lot, so it could then be, like, subdivided by a builder, but the town had, like, a big meeting about this, and they all said, like, fuck that, no, because it'll take away from, like, the town's beauty, and, like, that that house is historic, and, like, no, you can't destroy that house. So the town was like, no, and they were, like, getting pissed at these new people, like, Derek and Maria saying, like, they came in, they're gonna destroy your neighborhood, and, like, not trying to see from their point of view at all. Yeah. Who was the... I wonder if there was someone who really was, like, I know. putting those thoughts into their head. Like, who was the ringleader? Because maybe yeah. they were the watcher. And I was also thinking that it was a collaboration of neighbors that kept, like, certain watch time. So you couldn't specifically pin it on one person. But why would they want no one to buy the house i well the way they made it seem was like they didn't want like a younger couple moving in and like modernizing or like renovating the home Um, and taking away its natural beauty um, so that's why that was like that's my theory that it was multiple people it's so fucking gross so another letter was sent to i'm sorry so they were eventually able to rent out the house and to a family that had like grown children and they said that they they knew about the watcher they weren't worried about it um the rent barely covered the mortgage and the family still lost a hundred thousand dollars in renovations oh my god i feel so sorry for them yeah holy shit so this letter was sent to the renter you wonder who the watcher is turn around idiots that's what the letter said (gasps) maybe you even spoke to me one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be or maybe you do know and you're too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I hope the watcher is not a listener. That's all I gotta say. I'm fucking terrified. Quote, 
I walked by the news trucks and they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. Derek's serendipitous investigatory efforts. I watched you as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars have wonderful or wonderful inventions. In the attempt to tear down the house, 657 Boulevard survived your attempt, attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates, the letter read. My soldier of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher. So, was there just never curtains put up? One of the, what he is referring to in this letter is Derek one night literally was like, fuck this, I'm going to find out who it is. And he staked out the house one night and literally was watching the, like, from the inside of the house as it was dark. And now this guy's, like, reference, this watcher is referencing that night. Like, I still saw you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or, like, is it a police officer that he's been telling these things to? Right. Right. I don't know. Was there a neighbor that was a police officer? (sighs) This is the part that got... And I'm almost done. This is the part that got fucked up in the letters. No, don't be done. I need to know what happened. (laughs) I know. Quote, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly (gasps) die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. No, that like, is a full it's blown threat. So violent and scary at this point, and like this family can never get out of this now. Like they cannot fucking sell the house. Wait, there's are they still connected to the house? So the watcher was never identified. Derek and Maria's family were chastised for this, claiming that they made the entire thing up. No! Yeah. People in the town grew to hate them, saying that they were trying to, like, ruin the neighborhood and give, like, this bad Are you fucking kidding me? How selfish are these people to say that? Like, they literally went through a living hell, and they said that they basically wake up and they're like, how is this even happening? Like, how is this... How am I going through this? And I'm sure they're going to carry trauma with them for the rest of yeah. their lives. Like, they were literally full-blown stalked, threatened, watched. Like Their that's, children. Yeah. In one of the letters, it they uh, the watcher said, like, I don't know your children's nicknames yet, but I will. I'll find out. I hear you yelling it to them. So, like, I'll learn them. Like, that's your fucking children. No, that... Oh, my God. The last and final letter that they received said, quote, You are despised by this house, and the watcher won. Oh, my... I have no words, honestly. Fucking creeped out. That is up there with the fucking Bell Witch. Yeah. I read this, and it was like, it's not really, like, a legend yet, because... It really happened, and, like, I guess there are people that doubt it and that are saying, like, it was made up somehow, or just, like, the thought behind it of it being, like, a one-person, like, a watcher, or, like, what is this generation to generation, yeah. Yeah. I seriously have a feeling that it was multiple neighbors, like, conspiring against this family just to not get them to move into the neighborhood. So, are they officially separated from this house, or are they still tied to this house, like, trying to, like, pay it off? (sighs) I'm not entirely sure. Because if so, I want to start a GoFundMe. I know. I feel so sorry for them. How horrible. And even, like, a GoFundMe for fucking therapy. Honestly. Because... 
And, like, everybody's so fucking rude to them about it. Like, imagine going through this trauma and everyone being like, you're making it up. Oh, my God. Like, you didn't receive Ew, threats. what sick fuck is in New Jersey? What? There's who are al- you? There was also, like, a theory that, like, one of the contractors said that while they were there, the neighbors behind the house, like, creepily set up lawn chairs, like, facing their house like like the, mocking it yeah like being watchers or potentially maybe saying like that was an idea like early on that maybe it was them but then they got looked into and yeah i don't like that at all and like there's no hard like evidence where they can say like right. this is you i saw and it's you not do like it. anything physical happen where they could be like oh i could press charges because you did this like it's all written in Right, and everything coming got mailed from who the there. fuck knows. Everything yeah. got mailed there. Nobody actually dropped it off. Like, they I didn't left fingerprints off of any letters. He must have worn gloves. I don't know. Oh I don't know. I'm freaked out by it though. I don't like that. Me either. That person needs help. Big or time. Or people need help. Yeah, I feel like it was. I feel like it was people. Oh god, that's so sickening. Yeah. I feel so bad. Me too. All right, shall I move on to my next one? Yes, last and final. Okay, this one is called The Bunny Man. So I read this because I wanted to make sure we obviously didn't, like, duplicate, and I read that, and I was like, what the fuck (laughs) is that? All right, so this one isn't super, super long, but there's definitely a lot more to the... How do I explain it? Like graphic side than my last one. Okay. So, a little bit of background about the Bunny Man. This originated in Fairfax County, Virginia in 1970. It spread throughout Washington, D.C. and Maryland areas as well. Okay. According to Fairfax County Public Library historian, archivist Brian A. Conley, it stemmed from two incidents. This happened 10 days apart in 1970 in Burke, Virginia. Okay. So the first incident. October 19th, 1970. It was reported by U.S. Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiance. They were visiting family on Guinea Road in Burke. And around midnight, they were coming home from a football game and parked their car in a field across the street from an uncle's house. They were in the car with the motor running. I don't know for how long. I'm assuming they just, like, parked, and you know how you, like, bullshit a little before you get out of the car? hmm And as they were sitting in this car, something moved outside of the rear window. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the front passenger window was then smashed. Holy shit. Yeah. And Bennett described a figure standing by the broken window. <laughs> this is where I get my taser. <laughs> <laughs> He said, no hesitation. No. Like, the time I was full, full blown ready to run someone over with my car. <laughs> Again, fight mode. <laughs> um, that's a story for another day. The, he described a man wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. No. Yes. Literally the making of a nightmare. No. So, his fiance had kind of a different, contradicting visual, I guess, of what it was. Yeah. She said that he didn't have bunny ears, but some kind of white pointed hat or capirote. So, for those of you who don't know what a capirote is, it's like a religious headwear Mm -hmm. or 
it's like one of those pointed hats that someone would wear in like the kkk yeah that's what it looks like so like kind of i feel like potentially the same visual but just a little bit different yeah it just doesn't have the ears yeah and it's still like a white mask covering this person's thing yeah yeah um so he said he turned the car around and the man was screaming saying they were trespassing what yeah And one thing he said was, quote, you're on private property and I have your tag number. Ew. Mm -hmm. Like his, like their license plate? I guess. Ew. Yeah. When the couple drove away, they then found a hatchet on the floor. That's what he smashed the window with. A fucking hatchet in a bunny suit. Oh my god. Isn't that terrifying? Could you imagine if it like hit one of them? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he just like left it in the car and was screaming about trespassing. Very rational. Yeah. So the bunny man then, quote-unquote, skipped off like a fucking rabbit. That's the worst part. Yeah. And eventually police gave this hatchet back to Bennett, who was the man driving the car, after examining it. I don't know what he did with it after the fact, but they gave it back to him. No. Yeah. So moving on to the second incident. Why'd they give it back? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I just, like, didn't keep it in evidence, just yeah. in case, you know, care. Uh, you could DNA do evolved yeah, right? <laughs> since 1970. So, the second incident happened October 29th, 1970. Remember, these incidents were um, 10, days, 10 days apart. And it also happened at night. A construction security guard named Paul Phillips went up to a man in Kings Park West on Guinea Road. The man was standing on a porch of an unfinished home, so I guess he was going to be like, hey man, like, you can't really be here, or like, what are you doing? This house isn't... So these were both on Guinea Road? Yes. Okay. The man, according to Paul Phillips, was in a gray, black, and white bunny costume. (gasps) So, I don't know if it was the same outfit or if he had a bunch of bunny outfits in his his closet, but he was described as being around 20 years old. 5'8", and around 175 pounds. After Phillips approached him, the man started chopping at a porch post with an axe. What the fuck? So, he got a new axe from somewhere. If it's the same guy. Yeah. And he said, quote, You are trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. Oh my god. (laughs) Could you imagine? Yeah. And this is the second, like, confirmed thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's definitely... Within 10 days on yeah. the same road. <gasps> oh both mentioning a bunny outfit and a fucking axe. As I And trespassing. <laughs> yeah. So, Fairfax County Police investigated both of these situations, and it was closed... The cases were closed for lack of evidence. What? Why wouldn't you just leave them open? God. <laughs> yeah. In the weeks following, more than 50 people contacted police and said they saw a quote-unquote bunny man. No. Newspapers reported bunny man had eaten a man's runaway cat. No! Yeah. And again, this is, like, now known as an urban legend, so... Who knows if that actually happened or if this man's cat ran away and he was like, The bunny, bunny man, man ate it! Yeah, yeah. Like, did things spin off at yeah. this point? So, I'm going to name, or I'm going to read some uh, newspaper article names and when they came out, because 
the Washington Post wrote articles on this. Okay. And one, the first one that I'm going to name was in October 22nd, 1970, and it said, quote, man in bunny costume sought in Fairfax. So that was obviously after, like, the first incident. Yeah. The next one was October 31st, 1970. Happy Halloween. <laughs> quote, the rabbit reappears. Oh my god, what a Halloween, like, headline. Yeah. That's Yeah. The next one was November 4th, 1970, Bunny Man Scene. And then there was one November 6th, 1970, Bunny Reports Are Multiplying. So these are all, like, verified in the fucking Washington Post articles. Why is no police around when the Bunny Man is out? I don't know, especially if he's hanging around the same... Area. Like, why yeah. isn't it being patrolled? I don't know. Unless he moved locations, because then, like... 50 people. I mean, then again, people could have been making it up, but yeah. yeah. So moving on to 1973, so this is like three years after these first two incidents, University of Maryland student Patricia Johnson wrote a research paper detailing 54 variations of the two Bunny Man incidents. So like those two incidents that I talked about in the beginning, there were 54 different situations of what happened going around and she, like, wrote a whole paper on it. Oh, my God. So, I guess that was it, the start of it becoming, like, an, this urban legend. Yeah. So, to this day, no one knows who the bunny man from the two incidents or other reported incidents was. Oh, my God. Yeah. How did they not find him? I don't know. So, I'm going to get into the legend of the bunny man now. Okay. Like, what came from these incidents? How it evolved? There were many different variations of the legend. Most happened around Colchester Overpass. A little bit about the overpass. It was built in 1906. It was a southern railway overpass located on Colchester Road near Clifton, Virginia. It's near Sangster's Station, which is a Civil War era railroad station, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, some call it Bunny Man Bridge. That's like what it's known as now. I'm not going there. Yeah, it's, like, terrifying. (laughs) This is now a popular spot for ghost hunters and people that are into urban legends. So. I'll, like, I'll be fine without seeing Bunny Man in my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) In the legend itself, some things change. So, for example, the Bunny Man's name, his motive, his weapons that he uses, his bunny costume, what it looks like the victims, etc. There's, like, all different variations. Some versions include victims being mutilated. Mm. Yeah. In others, Bunny Man's ghost may come from the grave on Halloween. Okay. So I'm going to read some examples of the legend. I have, like, four of them here, just so you guys can get a a taste of what the legend's about. Mm, Okay. I'm biting my nails. Here's the first one. Quote, At the stroke of midnight on Halloween, a killer in a white rabbit suit awaits. Lore has it, if you speak his name three times, he'll appear. Bunny man, bunny man, bunny man. Ah! I just scared Kelsey. Her face was priceless. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. You actually scared the shit. I feel like my face contorted. It did. It did. Your lip was like up by your nose somehow. (laughs) That actually scared the fuck out of me. I'm surprised you didn't scream louder. (laughs) 
<laughs> I did not plan that till just now, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, bunny man, bunny man, bunny man. But don't expect to survive. He'll slash your throat and leave your body dangling from the bridge. Oh my god, we need to tell us at the next campfire. <laughs> yeah. That kind of, like, reminded me of Bloody Mary. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So here's another one. Quote, The spirit of an escaped mental patient haunts the railroad bridge. He escaped hellbent on avenging the murders of his wife and child who were slain nearby. Living in the woods near the bridge, he killed and ate rabbits, wearing their skins and leaving their mutilated bodies hanging in the trees. One Halloween night, taunted by some town children, he killed and mutilated them too, hanging their corpses from trees around the bridge. Oh my god. These legends are creepy as fuck. Yeah. Here's another one. Quote, He's the ghost of an escapee of a long-closed nearby asylum. Dressed in a rabbit suit, he throws axes or chainsaws or hatchets at the cars of young couples who park by the bridge late at night. No. It's like a lover's lane type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, And all three that I just read were quoted from InsideNova.com, which we'll have in our resources. And then here's one that's really long. Um, it's quote, this is like the most popular or well-known version of it. Okay. And this is quoted from Washingtonian.com. Quote, In the early 20th century, deep in the woods that divided the town of Clifton from Fairfax Station, there was an asylum for the insane. At some point, the asylum closed and the residents were piled into a bus bound for Lorton Prison. On the way there, the bus swerved and crashed. Many of the convicts escaped but were caught save one, Douglas Griffin. While searching for him, authorities found a trail of half-eaten, gutted bunnies with many hanging from what was then called Fairfax Station Bridge. So now we know it as the the Bunny bunny Man Bridge. Mm -hmm. For months, the police searched for Griffin, but he was never found. Then on Halloween night, several teens were hanging out under the bridge. At the stroke of midnight, they were attacked. The next morning, they were found hanging from the bridge, gutted like bunnies. To this day, it's said that if you are at Bunny Man Bridge at midnight on Halloween night, you too will meet the fate of those teens and rabbits. Fuck that. Yeah. Ew. So, moving on to this Bunny Man Bridge recently, just in case anyone wanted to, like, know a little bit about it. That's, like, one of the things where it's, like, you know a horrible thing's gonna happen, why would you go? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even if it's not, like, the legend come to life. Like, somebody trying to freak you out. Yeah, someone trying to fuck with you, for sure. Yeah. Or someone actually crazy being, like, let me take advantage of this. Yeah, I know there's gonna be kids there on Halloween night. So, regarding the Bunny Man Bridge, just in case anyone wants to visit as well, a little information. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2003, access started to be controlled around Halloween to this area. Yeah. Obvi- for obvious reasons. Like that, yeah. Yeah. And Halloween 2011, over 200 people were turned away from the bridge, and there was a 14-hour traffic checkpoint because of how many what? fucking people showed up there. So, if you want to go to this bridge, plan accordingly and probably don't go on Halloween or make sure you're there, like, way in advance because that's how many people freaking try to go to this place. Sounds like Firefest. <laughs> yeah, Firefest, like, 3.0. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, there are some TV, movies, and books 
regarding the Bunny Man, and I will tell you about them. 2011, there was a film, Bunny Man, mm-hmm. and it is like a slasher film. Okay. 2015, author Jenny Cutler Lopez published a full-length feature in Northern Virginia Magazine titled Long Live the Bunny Man. Nope. 2017, the Amazon original series Lore, which you might have heard of, and it's based on the podcast Lore. Have you ever listened to Lore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Lore. (laughs) Um, The Bunny Man legend is featured in season one, episode two. Yeah. The Chris Gethard Show episode, Let's Get Scared, um, host Chris Gethard dresses as Bunny Man for the episode. Oh my gosh. Which is really scary. October 9th, 2020, Family Guy had an episode that had the story of the Bunny Man as a quote-unquote bump. I don't know what that really means. I've never Hmm. seen the episode, but that's what they described it as. Maybe he's like a rogue. Maybe. Do they use him as a speed bump? Like maybe it's like a bump means like when they like you know how in Family Guy they like transition to like a oh yeah or yeah and then, like, and then they come back. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's featured in an episode of Family Guy, and then Spring 2021, a short story anthology, Dark Words: Stories of Urban Legends and Folklore has the horror story The Bunny Man's Salvation by Alex Norcross in it. Nope. And this story follows a local teenager investigating the haunted bridge. I don't like it. Yeah. And then The Bunny Man Bridge itself was featured in the Fox documentary Scariest Places on Earth. Yeah, no. Um, I think I'll be good not ever seeing Bunny Man (laughs) or going to the bridge. To find out if it's real or not. Have you ever seen the movie Donnie Darko? No. With Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh-uh. Oh my god, I'll show you a picture of it. This is how I'm picturing, like, the bunny from that, I'm picturing Bunny Man okay. as a person, and it is creepy as fuck, and I don't like it. Okay, you have to show me. Okay. And I'll wow. put a picture for that you guys. That was good. <laughs> Tell us if you like urban legends. I like them. I think they're cool. Yeah. They're I think creepy. they're fun. They're a fun change. Yeah, and they're like... a. Similar but different in the same way transition from haunted places to, like, kind of throw in there once in a while. Yeah, agreed. And same with our uh, cryptoids. Yeah. Which are technically urban legends, but, like, Mothman and... Creepy. Yeah. Creepy things. I found so many crazy urban legends today when I was looking at stuff. I have to say The Watcher is up there for me with The Bell Witch. I was... I, as I was, like, researching, I was thinking of the Bell Witch and got scared all over again of yeah. her. <laughs> we, like, didn't sleep for days because of her. Literally, I did not. Yeah. I was so scared. I do not like that one. No. I, like, get into it and I cannot. I can't. For any of you who are fresh listeners and are like, what the fuck is the Bell Witch? You need to listen. Find one of our Haunted Places episodes and she's in it, and Ugh. she's very creepy. It's so creepy. I can't think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually getting scared all over again right now. Me too. Between her and the watcher, I'm like, is he peeping through the window right now? With- <laughs> right? Like, how terrifying is that to think about? <gasps> yeah. I don't like it. I'm laughing so nervous. Me too. I'm buying blinds for my entire apartment now. <laughs> Do we have anything right. else to conclude besides our little spiel? Um, let us know if you liked this. Let us know if you have any urban legends uh, that you maybe you've, like, gone to see if these, like, you know, like, the bunny man, like, you've gone to the place or 
anything like that, just let us know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think we're good. Okay. So go to our Facebook. That's where we post pictures and resources from every episode each week. We also have our Instagram, both Facebook and Instagram are Crime Cults and Coffee. And on Instagram, we post like our coffees that we reviewed and shout outs that we do in every episode. Yeah, make sure if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you leave us a rate and review. If you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, share with a friend or post. You can do anything to help us that's free, honestly. (laughs) Like, just be supportive and get people to listen to us. We appreciate it. Yeah, and um, make sure if you have a listener story or a case suggestion or an urban legend suggestion. Send it in. Yeah, send it in to us. Either DM us on Instagram or you can email us at crimecultsandcoffee at gmail.com. And I think that's about it. And we'll see you next week. We post an episode every Friday at 6 a.m., so listen in every week. Except if a glitch happens. (laughs) Love you, bye! What just (laughs) happened? Okay, bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook